A very good evening and a warm welcome to this special Monday night edition of the Red and Blue Review uh, with me, Ian Noble, hosting this uh, pod and sitting in for Nick Philpot, who, as we speak, is taking out his anger uh, following Palace's transfer window on the passengers of Route 64 uh, somewhere across South East London. Uh, please do follow us, of course, on our social media. Um, follow us on Twitter like our Facebook page, uh, follow us on Instagram and head over to our YouTube channel. And if you're new around here, please subscribe to our channel. It costs you nothing and it helps us a great deal. On Instagram, a shout out to Tom Clark Samuel, who writes a very good match report summary after every game. And we could do worse than just uh, read that out on the show. But there we go. Uh, joining me on tonight's show, um, first of all, First up, Jell uh, Lord Holyoke. Good evening, sir. How are we? Evening, mate. Evening, everyone. You all right? I'm very well, thank you, Jill. That's good. And uh, Fergus Tidd, uh, fresh from his break in Ireland. Hello, mate. Evening, all. Evening, gents. Evening, everybody. To be sure, to be sure. To be sure, to be sure, <laughs> absolutely. And the guy whose glass is often half empty, Tim Richards. Harsh but fair. Good evening, all. Harsh but fair. Good evening, all. Got anything else to I don't say? I think Tim? a lot of what you said is particularly fair, Tim. <laughs> Tim, listen, mate. We promise we won't play that after everything you say this evening. All right, but, uh, <laughs> but, there, but there we are. There we are. It's a classic. So on tonight's show, we'll be looking back at the stunning League Cup comeback in Devon. Yesterday's three-two demolition of the Wolves at Selhurst Park, and asking, are we content with the transfer window? now that it is slammed shut until January. Plus, all our usual features of Lone Watch, news from the other Palace teams, and much, much more. Thank you to everyone joining us uh, this evening in the chat. Uh, you guys make the show, and so do ask us your questions, and we'll do our best to get through as many as possible throughout the evening, and the guys will look out. Now, here's a picture. We've been asked to show this tonight. These are the New York Eagles, so if you're ever visiting New York, and you want to watch a Palace game, these are the guys to connect with. Uh, from left to right, we have Dave, Kim, Steve, Doug, and Kevin. We hope you're listening. And um, if anyone comes over to New York, we'll be sure to, to come and join you, take in the match day atmosphere of the Big Apple. So um, where should we start, guys? Um, I think we should start with the transfer window. Um, over the weekend, we ran a poll on Twitter, or X as it's called now, and um, I'm going to read that out to you in a second. Here it is. It's on the screen to help me out. Um, so it said this. Let's have your views on the window. Lots of mixed views out there. Retaining all our best players, bars are heart are positive. Some shrewd acquisitions in Lerma, Holding and Henderson, plus the boy from Brazil. Not signing a number nine is the main gripe. Thoughts. And uh, here we go. These were the results of our poll. A whopping 63% said they were disappointed, but a significant minority of 30% said the window was better than they'd hoped for or 100% happy, leaving 7%, including Nick, raging. So this is what happened with the uh, main transfers in and out of the club. Um, we had Franza. Well, first of all, Lerma should have gone first, really. Lerma was the one that was done really early on a free from uh, Bournemouth, of course. Uh, Franza, the boy from Brazil, uh, 26 mil, as much as that. I wasn't, didn't think it was much as that. Maybe that's with the add-ons as well. And then right at the end of the window, um, Dean Henderson, 
um, from Manchester United. I think that 20 mil is with the add-ons and then holding from Arsenal. Um, quite an impressive CV, Rob Holding, worth looking at for just four million quid. And the key players that went out for us, of course, were Zaha, um, Buckland, uh, then James MacArthur and Luka Milivojevic were the others that were in the first team setup that were let go. And then Vincente Guita, um, of course, uh, infamously, I suppose, parted company with the club after um, you know a pretty solid Palace career overall. And just before the game on Sunday, he tweeted and he said this. He said, um, I finished an amazing period of my life, a period in which I have met wonderful people and have had unforgettable experiences. I'd like to thank, first of all, all the workers of the club, uh, been a daily support during these five years. And he then he went on to list everybody. Um, thank you to all the teammates who I've had the pleasure to spend a lot of time with. Um, the union has been one of, uh, lost in translation that bit, I think. The union has been one of the keys to achieve the goals all these years. And above all, uh, gratitude to the fans. You are what makes this club really great. It's been an honour to be able to enjoy you at Sellers Park all these years and in every stadium we've played in. And then he went on to say, sometimes the endings due to some circumstances are not like you want, but there are decisions that you have to make. You can be sure that I've tried to defend the Palace crest with my best every time I've put on the beautiful shirt. Good luck in the future. Vincente Guita, love you, Eagles. So, you know, it was a bit messy, wasn't it, at the end of the day with Guita going? Gel, do you think he's um, redeemed himself in the in the eyes of the Palace faithful with that statement? Do you know what? It's, it, I, I do. I read it and I just I dismissed it because I thought, you chump, you didn't want to play for us. You've, you've almost let us down. But but he hasn't let us down uh, in, in the most um, because he... he you know, it was very good for us in all the time that he did play. Whatever has happened, has happened. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think he saw that the, that the new blood was coming through, maybe. Um, and again, we never know what's going on behind the scenes. The thing is, there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes at, at work, beyond as in a football club, and there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes at home, which, you know, I mean... You know, if, if his missus is Spanish as well and, and stuff is not all right, you know, who really would want to stay in South London for years and years? I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, you can have four years, you can earn some very good money. And then, you know, they might sit down one day over a dinner and go, do you know what, wouldn't it be lovely to go back home and, and spend the, the last years playing for, for Getafe, let's say, or whatever. Um, just going back quick, quickly, the, the union thing is obviously the camaraderie. That's that's the thing, yeah. That's that, that's what it, it, you know. Like you say, a little bit lost in translation. But having read it, having read his, his thing again, I've, I've read it about four times, and you know what? Every time I read it, it gets it gets easier to say thanks and and good luck because yeah. you know it, I'm pretty sure if it is true that he's refused to pay for the club, then he wouldn't have been paid. I'm pretty sure that he wouldn't have been paid a lot of his money and. And I do think as well, you know, the club have not been scathing of him as some clubs do of their players. So maybe, you know, if it is down to, a, you know, the family life or whatever, let's put it down to that. Then I think Parrish would just go, all right, you know, you know what it is? You you know, you're as old as, you know, we're all a, a little bit older. 
happy wife, uh, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So you think he's missing his paella a bit and he wants to go back to Spain. I, I don't doubt that for a minute. But I want to ask you three, um, and I'm going to leave you for, for a minute, Joe. come to you last. So I'm going to come to Ferg first, then Tim, then Jill. Um, and, and in the chat, guys, yeah, tell us what you think about this. So um, where do you guys stand on the window? And have your views changed um, from maybe overnight last Friday when you woke up on Saturday morning and realised, you know, we had not signed that striker that was going to solve all our problems? So, Fergus, first of all, where do you stand on the window? What do you think? Um, I'd probably give it a six out of ten. Okay. I think we, we still need competition at left back. We don't have any competition there. Mitchell's got no competition, although that doesn't seem to be phasing him. He seems to be up in his game at the moment. Um, probably could have done with another striker. Um, I'm not I'm not overly disappointed. I mean, when you look at what some of the other teams have spent and where they are in the table at the moment, you know, we haven't got deep pockets, Palace. We are going to build a new stand. I know they're saying the money's ring-fenced, but I'm struggling to believe that. Just, just by the fact that we, we don't seem to be spending as much as everyone else. So, yeah, I mean, some decent signings. When you compare it to some of the players that have left, you know, I think we're a stronger squad, but there are still some deficits that we need to fill. There's only 119 days to go till the January transfer window, so <laughs> it's not long. It's not long, not long to wait. <laughs> the, Very good. The, the, As I says, that he says that uh, Ferg, you sound like his missus said you sound like Steve Parrish. I'm not sure uh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There no, we go. But, but, but the thing, what the, the good thing was, we never lost any players. You know, that's absolutely that, that was a success. The fact yeah. that we still got Elise as a decore, um, Guy Anderson. Yeah. Because, you know, all those top four, top six clubs were all after those players. Right up to the last minute, I think Man City were were trying to, to get one over the line. So, yeah. Yeah, I read something today that said that Manchester City made an 11th hour bid to sign Eberetje Eze for £60 million. And the reason they let the boy go to Chelsea was to free up the funds to buy Eze. How much truth is in that? Who who knows? Tim, let me come to you because you know in our chats on, on uh, Messenger, you were very outspoken about the the lack of ambition of the club and all the rest of it. So you know, how do you feel now, vis a vis where you were on on Friday Friday evening? Well, to be fair, I also said each time it's not a case of the amount of money you spend; it's what you spend the money on. And by that, I mean when um, was it Arsenal bought or Newcastle Rebels who bought that Brighton player for £52 million a couple of seasons ago. And for that same money, we got Eze, we got Anderson, we got Gihi, we got Elise, and we got Conor Gallagher on, year, on loan for a year. So it's not about how much. My issue is season after season, we all say there are the same issues there, the age of the squad, the lack of squad depth the no competition for places. But again, that hasn't changed. I would say it is slightly tempered when I woke up the next day, and I think it was Chloe mentioned one of the chats, but we kept Eze, we kept Guhi, we kept and we kept all those players as Ferguson yeah. earlier on. Yeah. But it but it, you know, you've got to look at the club as a whole. And I'm sick and tired of people saying Oh, look where we were back in 2010, Parish saved us. And yes, 
I quite agree. But there comes a time where you have to look forward. Why do you think we ended up with Patrick Vieira as manager, the sixth choice? Why well, do we? Hang, end on, up? hang on, hang on, hang on. Where where did you get sixth choice from? We look at all the other managers that were being spoken about at the time about being interviewed by Parrish that didn't want it. It was too big a job. Why was that? Why could we not attract another manager last season? When we got rid of Vieira, they had months to find a manager. We've gone back to Roy. Now, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing if they've got a plan. But that's my issue with the board. That's why I bagged the board out, because they're not addressing the okay. overall things that we've been saying. OK, I, you know, we could we could go down a cul-de-sac here and start talking about the manager. I don't necessarily want to do that this evening just now. Um, I'll, let's do, so give me a, a mark out of 10 for the windows. Ferg said six. What about you? What would you say? To be to be fair, I the fact that we kept who we managed to keep, um, I'd go six and a half, seven because it could have been a lot worse. Well, you know, I don't, we could have I don't do fractions, yeah. so seven out of ten is really good. Yeah. Excellent, Gel. Um, your thoughts on the transfer window? <laughs> Keeping the players, getting the ones we got in. You know, France we haven't seen him yet. Obviously, he might be brilliant. Jefferson Lerma started very, very well. What do you think? Well, I mean, we we haven't really mentioned Chris Francis either. No, um, we haven't. You're right. Uh, and he, he was so so. Basically, if, if we go, Francis was a free. Um, France was twenty million euros. Henderson fifteen million pounds with add-ons. Yeah, holding is whatever uh, around about four million rising. It's, it's almost a free transfer, isn't it? So. Yeah, basically, Lerma a free. Obviously, very big wages. And we and we recycled. It's like a you know, as, as far as we were concerned, there was so much interest from Chelsea and maybe others about Alise that he was gone, and the fact that he's signed, re-signed uh, a, a new contract is for me like like a huge. If if we'd have lost him, I think that would have been a hole that, that we couldn't have filled. You know, we're going to fill it with, with you know for the rest of the season with. Raksaki, Ahamada, Haynes, um, and Ayu. Now we have now they're not going to play bit bit part. Should play bit part to at least say if he's fit. So for me, yeah, it, it's not as disastrous. I mean, we have strengthens. We have definitely strengthened in goal. We've definitely strengthened in the midfield. We've definitely strengthened um, in defence. And 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 dare I say we. <laughs> Well, I, I hope we cover it. If we're going to cover it, just say yeah, we're going to cover it. Go if we play four four two, we we will be okay. Yeah. Because playing three five one doesn't suit our forward running around like a chicken we know it. No, no, uh, we'll, so we'll, I'm going to say yeah, we'll come to it. The, the, if we play four four two, it's a it's a seven. It's a solid seven for me because we literally don't have all that money that everyone thinks that we that we should have, could have, haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Joe. So a six, a seven, and a seven. Um, Ferg, you might probably want to reassess that and, and put it back to a seven. I don't know. You might, might not. Um, but there we go. Uh, Paul Bristow says, um, my one transfer disappointment is right back. Max Ahrens um, suggested we went for him uh, three years this summer. He went to Bournemouth instead. Well, be interesting to see how he gets on at Bournemouth because, you know, he, he played in the Norwich side in the in the championship last season and he's, he played in the Norwich side that got relegated the year before. So um, I often think with some of these players that we go in for, I mean, Leicester's a good example. Leeds is another good example where some of these players are all moving on 
But don't forget, they all got relegated last season, so they can't all be that good, can they? With one or two exceptions, maybe. Um, so interesting discussion. Um, I think, you know, overall, clearly the majority of the fan base, as, as our poll suggested, with 241 votes, that 63% said disappointed um, and could have done with one or two more. But it really isn't the end of the world. Now, I think um, I think our friend Nick's been, he said he's marks a four. That's why you're not on the show tonight, mate. Um, so, you know, clearly there could have been additions to it. But the important thing is, as you've already alluded to, Joe, we kept our best players. And importantly, we kept Michael Elise. And I don't know about you, but with the fact that Michael Elise is injured at the moment, when he comes back, he's going to feel like a new signing. He really will. He'll, you know, feel like a new signing. We're not doing too bad without him, to be honest with you. We'll come to the game shortly. But, you know, we're not doing too badly without him. But think what he can do if he gets going down the right-hand side. One thing, um, let me, let me, I'll bring you in, in just a sec, Joe. Um, and now, now come in now, and I'll, I'll come to this bit in a minute. Joe, go on then. Well, going on to the new signings, I know people were still devastated and said that we haven't replaced, we haven't replaced Wilf. And I don't really want to keep going on about it because people say to me, you know, my neighbour, my Arsenal neighbour across the road is trying to give it to me about about the game. It's the first time we've had a chance to bump into it. And I basically called him a lucky bugger. And then he, he admitted that they, but, I said, but we did, we've bought Franchery to take Wilf's place. Now, just going off of YouTube and stuff, you know, he's he, he looks he looks decent. You know what he looks like? He looks like a raw wolf. So it, if if he becomes anything this season, even if it is an impact sub, you know, he needs to get that experience. Um, I, I, I think I think we've done I think we've done all right, and we've definitely strengthened both sides. Like I say by keeping the lead, say having Francia. So third. I was so, going to say you could add Raksaki to that as well. Yeah, you know, he's not gone out alone. So we've got yeah. uh, we've got a, a young academy player who's potentially going to break into the first team this season. Absolutely, and 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 that's what we all want. We've all been crying out for that, haven't we, for ages? You know, the academy, the this, the academy, that we've been talking about the academy. Um, you know, I, I've been down. I've done the academy tour. It's really impressive. It really is. But they've got to produce the players. Now, when we talk about the other teams later on, you'll see how good some of the kids are playing at the moment. But Jack Raksaki is not amongst, Jez Raksaki rather, is not amongst the loaned out players because I think they see the potential that he has. Um, he's, it clearly isn't the finished article, but give him some minutes, got the experience on the bench in the, in the Premier League. Um, these are the players that we have loaned out, guys. We've loaned out Owen Goodman to Colchester, um, Kofi Barmer to Port Vale, Bower Tang to Dundee, Luke Plunge to Carlisle, Scott Banks to St. Pauli, Killian Phillips, Wicked Wanderers, and this evening, uh, John Kamani Gordon uh, makes his debut if he plays. I think he's on the bench for Cambridge United. So they're Scott the. Bank. Um, Scott Banks seems got an ACL injury, hasn't he? Yep, he has. You're right, he has. Injury. Yeah, he has. So you just you just read my script, folk, but that's okay. That's Don't what this show's all about. That's not a problem. So uh, so yeah. Well, before we get onto the lone players, we'll do that next. But is anyone else irked by the BBC's pronunciation of our number ten? Anyone else watch that? No, we I discussed this. I discussed this with Nick on the and a few people. the The game yesterday, uh, the commentator said that. She was actually asked him about this, and that's how Ezra wants his name pronounced. It's ne it was never, it was never Eze. 
Eza. Eza. Why do they, Eza. Why, why does our stadium announce they call it Eze then? And everyone else I ever speak to is Eza. It's Eze, not Eza. Mate, do you, do you remember a couple of years ago we had a few players and people couldn't pronounce their names? So yeah. they actually got the social media, got them in front of a camera yeah. when. So, you know, I think we need to get it again. I think that be a really good thing. If any of them, I doubt they are, but if any of them are watching, <laughs> stick them in front of a camera. You know, Lerma might be, might not be Jeff, Jefferson Lerma. It might be something else. You know what I mean? But you never know. I think, I think it was when we signed him and he was SE25, wasn't it? So everyone just thinks it's Ah, uh, yeah, SE25, yeah. And that's probably where it's all been picked up from, but. Well, maybe the BBC are correct and we're we're all wrong. Uh, Real Panel says Ezair is how he pronounced it in the player names video. Ezair, okay, that's different again. So, what do we know? There's only three letters. You think we'd be able to get that one right, wouldn't you? But but there we go. Um, okay, so let's move on. Um, the uh, just onto our loan watch, really, to see what's happening with the players that we've loaned out to other clubs. Um, so David Boateng played the first 78 minutes for Dundee in a two-all draw away at St Johnston at the weekend. And Killian Phillips just managed 53 minutes for Wickham in a 1-0 away win against Northampton. He was booked in that game. Owen Goodman uh, called up by England under-20s along with uh, Joe Whitworth. We've got two England under-20 goalkeepers in the same squad. Seems a bit bizarre. Um, he played the full 90 minutes for Colchester and let in the only goal of the match away at Walsall. Remember going to Walsall in the league to see Palace. I think Andy Johnson scored a hat-trick there once. Kofi Barber did not feature for Port Vale. Luke Plunge played for 74 minutes for Carlisle, won 2-0, home to Shrewsbury. Um, and Ferg, you've already mentioned this, Scott Banks. He only played for 10 minutes for St. Pauli, but apparently he's done, he's torn his ACL. Uh, St. Pauli drew 1-1 with a team I can't pronounce. Um, and as I said earlier, John Kamani Gordon is uh, on the bench for Cambridge United this evening. Uh, if you get bored with watching us, it's live on Sky, apparently, tonight. So, there we go. Um, good. Um, before we talk about yesterday's game, um, a big shout-out, massive shout-out to the 1,200 Palace fans who travelled to uh, South Devon from South London last Tuesday evening. Uh, tell us in the chat if you were there uh, amongst the 1,200. There they are, the Palace faithful and I bet after the first uh, half of the game, they were beginning to wonder um, why they're bothered and they were questioning their sanity in making that trip. Um, we, um, we're drawn away to newly promoted championship side Plymouth Argyle in round two of the Carabao Cup. And Roy Hodgson rang the changes with seven players coming in to the starting eleven from the side that had drawn to Brentford four days earlier. And there's a starting eleven, uh, Johnston. Uh, Mitchell uh, kept their places. Richards, Tompkins, Klein, Riedevel came in. Lerma stayed. Amada came in. Edward stayed. Mateta and Rack Saki were the sixth and seventh additions to that starting eleven. Um, Plymouth themselves made nine changes to their championship side from the game before. So, Tim Richards, um, you've had a quick look at this game. So, uh, tell us what you think of it, and then we'll uh, open it up for conversation. Yeah, so... Down at the, the mighty home park, spent many a game down at home park. Shame I couldn't go. Although after listening to the first half on Palace TV, I'm quite glad I wasn't there. Um, it was pretty poor stuff from the way it was being reported. And you're looking at the highlights. Plymouth seemed to start definitely the better. They were up for it 
like Ian said, they still made nine changes, but they were still showing us the way to go. And then on six minutes, uh, young Wayne um, headed back uh, from the far post. We had three defenders around the Plymouth player, but nobody reacted and he just banged it in one nil. And nobody could say they didn't deserve it. And that's kind of how the rest of the first half went, to be fair. Um, Miller had a great shot for Plymouth just wide. Um, JRS, I believe he scored a goal, but it was given offside. It was a good finish from what they were saying on, on the radio. Uh, the, they didn't actually share it in the highlights, so I couldn't comment. So that's basically the first half. I think from, from what I could hear, we had a few moments, but we were lucky to go in just one down. Um, second half started, you're hoping for a reaction. You're hoping for Roy to change things around. But then again, straight from the second half, literally within a couple of minutes, Plymouth... Um, attacking again, great move, cuts him with the ball, lovely finish. Um, I believe he's a, he's a, a loney from Wolves actually, so they could have done with him. Um, they could have done with him on uh, Sunday, uh, but it's a lovely cut in. The keeper had no chance. To be fair, top corner two nil, and you're thinking, here we go. This is this is a nightmare. But then you know, and you've got to say, I, I think from Roy's first period in charge. Quite often he was criticised for making substitutions too late. Uh, but in his second spell, and again, the start of this season, he's doing great. He's, make, he's, he's making changes early, uh, both formation and and players. So on 55 minutes, um, we had Ayu on for JRS uh, and Jairo was off for Eze. Immediate change from what they were saying on the radio and the highlights. Basically, from that point, we kind of bossed it. Um, and then on 50, uh, 56 minutes, Stoppy came on from Marta and again played well. And then on 59 minutes, great work from Eze, uh, following from a great cross from the right uh, for Edouard to tow it in. Um, great, for, similar, I think, I think the Wolves, the goal he had against Wolves, the first one. Um, uh, far post, got their first great strikers finish. Um, and then on 61 minutes, again, Eze dancing down he should be on strictly come dancing with the way he was moving back to his old back to his old um, best if you like great cross comes in lovely little ball through um, and a great finish and say what you know about Mateta and I'm one of the ones he does know how to finish if he's put it in the right place he gets them on target um, and then we're still pressing for more and then 62 minutes I think it was Great bit, great build up again. Lovely ball through uh, to JPM again. And again, another great finish. I know people say, oh, it's Plymouth Argyle, it's a mid table championship team. It doesn't matter. I mean, luckily, it wasn't IU there because he would have missed them. But I didn't say that. But, um, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Just let me come in there, Tim. Um, I was I was tweeting the goals because I was sitting listening to it on Five Live and I was tweeting on the Red and Blue Review Twitter handle. And I, I, was, I did the tweet for the tour. And by the time I finished the tweet, I didn't press send. We scored the third. So I changed the tweet. So it was that quick, literally. It was it was seconds, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, in, yeah. in the ground, I mean, uh, Azza was there. Yasmin was there. One or two others, obviously. Paul Bristow was there. You must have been going, this is bonkers. Completely bonkers, these five minutes. It was, uh, that's what makes football great, doesn't it? These kind of times, you know, those kind of periods of time. Yeah. And then, and then going on, and, and, what is really pleasing to see with Ezer, as you say, it, is how his game has developed. And to my mind, 
if we'd lost him, it would have been a bigger loss than losing Lise, to be fair. But the way he, he tracked back and the way he got stuck in the middle and stole the ball for the last goal off their midfield player. And he got it. And again, he's just gliding forward, a bit like that goal against Sheffield United a couple of years ago. Just glided forward. And again, inch-perfect ball from Mateta, who again, banged it with a superb finish. So, um, 4-2, thank you very much. Time for the next game. Yeah, and I think the fourth goal was important because we saw yesterday, you know, um, <laughs> that, that one-goal margin can be, you know, a bit squeaky bum time occasionally in, in terms of, you know, will the opposition get back or won't they? Um, but if you give yourself that two-goal cushion, a little bit of breathing space. And the highlights I saw, um, you know, Plymouth had a little spell. They had a little spell, yep. but when it was 3-2, yep. uh, Johnson had to make a save or two, and they, they came at us again with a 3-2, so they could have easily equalised gel. I, th- I think, um, see, I'll, I, obviously I'm, I'm trying to find it on my fire stick and couldn't, so I've had to, had to watch it. And again, like you said, I've watched it on Twitter, unfold on Twitter. Mm. And, the, and, and the fickle fans that we are, I mean, I had to delete one of my tweets when it went 2-0. And then I was like, oh, God. Everyone must have been thinking, why? Why? Like why? Why aren't why aren't we able to? You know, because they made as many, if not more, changes than us. More so, yeah. um, but uh, and then of course we're like two one. Oh, here we go. Two two. Oh, three two. <laughs> yeah, four two. Never in doubt. You know what I mean? We're all gone from parish out. The stuff I saw on Twitter was hilarious. Parish out. Dougie out, everyone out, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, you know, and Mateta, why, you know, couldn't kick himself in a sleeping bag is a saying that I that I've loved, not not about you know about him, but anyway, um, and and then all of a sudden he's you know he's the maybe well maybe we shouldn't sell him, um, yeah, so I, I think the I think clearly the um, the second and third goals were really well taken goals. Oh yeah, sorry, his second and third goals, the third and f- third and fourth goals. You know, yes, it's Plymouth. He's still got to finish the chances, and he finished them with yeah. some aplomb, as they say. And there, the uh, match stats there. So Plymouth just show you the possession shots equal. Really, you know, there's not much to say about the game in that respect. They're a little bit more dirty than us. And uh, as a, he said, the best chant of the night at the end of the game was no noise from the pasty boys. So uh, that was swinging <laughs> round the away end, apparently. All good stuff. And, and of course, we were eagerly anticipating a home draw for the third round. And what do we do? We get one of the worst draws we could probably get. Uh, Man United away just five days before we play them in the Premier League. Um, but it is a happy hunting ground in terms of the Carabao Cup. Because uh, if you, like me, were there for that quarterfinal when Darren Ambrose struck from some distance, you'll know. It was uh, quite a, quite something that night. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see how we go in the competition. Tough place to go, obviously. United in round three. Thanks, Tim, very much indeed. Um, do either of you want to come in and say anything else about that game? No, no, right, just well, just the impact, just the impact that those three subs had. The difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and the three players they replaced had an opportunity really to put their um their name in the, in the frame for a first team start and. Mm. Yeah, none of them fulfilled it, unfortunately. Yeah. No, it's the same, isn't it? Because especially Raksaki, you think big chance. To be fair, he yeah. did have the ball in the in the net in the first half, and there was another occasion when he fizzed it across the the pace of goal, and Mateta didn't quite make it. But 
you know, he, he, he didn't take it with both hands, did he, that, that opportunity? Gel, final yeah. word on this one? Yeah, I'm, I mean, the only, the only thing I will say is that the, the Plymouth are always going to raise their game, no matter who was playing for them. Um, and then we've all, you know, we've got our Premiership boys going down there. And, and as has been said, you know, they, a, a fair few of them looked very disinterested, which is why 2 0 wasn't, you know, wasn't flattering on, on Plymouth at all when it was 2 0. Um, and, and, and I can understand why Roy rung the changes because. You know, if, if he doesn't, he can't keep putting it, puts the full team out, and then, you know, the whispers are from the camp, the players are getting burned out, they've got to play in these crap competitions and they gotta do this. So we give the you know, give the kids and some of the, the, the you know, the, the fringe first team players a go and, and they don't perform. So um so, so he's on for a hiding any which way, but you know, I, I can see that well you can see that but you know, in in, in Roy gone by, he would have just gone I, I need to keep you in the league. I don't care about the cup. I really don't care. We can fluke some results, and but they're just getting in the way of us of us staying in, in the Premier League. But by doing what he did and sticking the players on what he did, he wanted to turn that game around, which is exactly what happened. Very good. And it might and it might really have turned around the fortunes. Just one game, it might have just turned the fortunes around, not just of 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 Mateta. Um, and Edward, but you know, of, of the club because we were on a hiding to nothing now. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we score four goals then and we score three yesterday. So, yeah, and, and and you know, football is a confidence game, especially when you're playing up top and you're scoring goals or not scoring goals, as the case may be. And I think you're right, Joe. I think that result was really important for the momentum and the confidence going into um, yesterday's game. So, let's move on to that. Let's go to the most recent event. Selhurst in the Sunday sunshine. See what I did there. Um, here's how we lined up um, yesterday. Um, no changes for the fourth consecutive league game. And we've been saying for a couple of weeks, haven't we, that this team sort of picks itself. Um, although I did call for one change that we'll come to a little bit later. I'm not going to read it through all night, so um, we'll just move on. Now, as a um, we've already mentioned you, mate, a couple of times tonight. You're a regular watcher of this show. Um, it was a big day because uh, young Leo, your son, was a mascot. And there he is holding Mark Gahey's hand as the teams came came out. And um, he got a message today, Azza, um, that uh, Mark Gahey's going to send Azza his match-worn shirt. Oh, um, wow. It's Leo, which is a lovely little touch, isn't it? So uh, that's fantastic. So we expected to see that on eBay very, very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. So, Ferg, um, yeah. you're going to cover the game for us. Um, tell us about events at Sillows yesterday, mate. Yeah. So, as you said, no changes. Um, not a lot to talk about, really, in the first half. The few highlights. Um, so, I'm, I'm going to put the first half down to the fact that it was very, very hot for the players. <laughs> the middle of the day, they were a little bit lethargic, weren't they, to be fair? The sun got in IU's eyes seven yards yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to IU, but yeah, he he um he didn't have a great first half. But I don't think I don't think Palace had a great first half in its entirety. And Wolves came to frustrate us, and they absolutely did that in the first half. Um, I, I guess the first highlight would have been around the fifteenth minute, so the penalty. So Eze yeah. was brought down in the box, and um, 
as usual, all the Sky Pundits and Match of the Day and all the rest of it are saying definitely not a penalty. But there's contact there. Um, he's brought down in the area, very similar to the Arsenal game. Again, it's not given by the ref. And they're not going to overturn the ref's decision because it's not a clear and obvious mistake in their eyes. So, um, no penalty. Um, and then, uh, about a minute later, um, Ayu had that opportunity. Saab tried to pass the ball out. He's lost it. Uh, Lerma's crossed the ball. Well, it's kind of an awkward sort of side foot into mm. Ayu. He hit the target, to be fair, but Kilman just threw his body in the way and deflected it out. So, I think if that had gone in, it would have been a completely different reflection on the game. You know, we'd have gone 1-0 up. We'd have had the momentum. I think that's what we re what we needed. Um, so, that didn't go in. And then the last highlight of the first half, really, was um, Neto. He had that chance. It deflected, but Johnson still had to pull a really good save to tip it mm -hmm. over the bar. They were pretty much the highlights of the first half. There wasn't really much to talk about. It was um, it was a poor first half by well, both sides, really, but especially Palace. Yeah, and I, th I think the miss was... Um sort of summed it up, didn't it, really? You know, that miss, you know, it was a bit unfortunate. And as you say, Kilman defended very, very well. And I think Lerma probably made the right decision because Saar was coming out, making himself really big. Saw I, you know, wasn't to be. And like you, I, I think it's a penalty. I think he's trodden his foot. I think it's a penalty. We're yeah. not giving gel. There was one camera angle. They showed it once and once only. And had they shown it, uh, when the VAR check was gone, it was they would have given it. Was he, he, he didn't just trip him; he had his foot on his uh, on his toes. Yeah, exactly. um, but so for me, it was a penalty. Now, the only thing I will say, not because I've got a few mates that I've, in fact, I've got two mates that have contacted me, um, and and they're both Wolf fans, Rich and Dan, and and they said that we bossed that half the first half, and I said, yeah, you did. You passed us off the pitch, not uh, you know when when we did shut them down. They, you know, it was it was a it was a a slightly better first half. If you, it was almost a bit chess like, but when right. we when we shut them down, we created chances. Um, and I think someone a bit yeah. sharper, a little bit, you know, worth a little bit more money, we would have been we would have been one new up. I don't think if, if Lerma, you know, he, he should have really the goalkeeper was on his knees. He should have rounded him and and, and done his, yeah. all the hard work that he can make create his own chance. So, but I, but I just want I not take issue, but I just want to give you know credits due. I thought Wolves they come and they did there to frustrate us, but they're a very good passing side. Yeah, I, I've got a Wolves mate as well, and he, 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 he sorry, Phil, I'll come to you a sec. I've got a Wolves mate. He messaged me afterwards saying congratulations. You know, we weren't really at it today. You deserved it. And I went back to him and said, I think you'll be fine. You know, I don't think you'll. you'll he said we're going to struggle. I said, I don't. I don't think you'll struggle, um, Fergus. No, I was going to say they had sixty percent possession in the first half. They created one chance. Yeah, you know, and that's what their manager was saying at the end of the game. You know, yeah. for all their their effort and all their possession, they just weren't creating anything. But yeah. but that was their that was their their trouble last year. Same as us in the last third. They they were the bottom scorers in the Premier League last year. So in the in the last third, and you know they've got that great big lump that they bought on second half. But we'll talk about him in a minute. Yeah, fine. Uh, Tony Quinn says hundred percent not a penalty. So um, well, I think most of us would disagree with you there, Tony. But uh, but there we are. It wasn't given, so maybe you're right and we're wrong. 
Um, uh, but let's come to the second half then, because it was much better, of course, wasn't it? Yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously, I don't know if anyone's seen the interviews with Roy and Paddy McCarthy and the players, but I think he gave them a bit of a, a rollicking at half-time, sort of said that, you know, they need to up their game. Yeah. Um, and, and not just certain individual players, I think it was the whole team. Um, so they came out second half. And then, yeah, 56 minute. So um, Edward scores second second goal in two games, I think, and he's got four in five. Um, so, yeah, great cross by Mitchell down the left. Mm. Um, and Edward just gets his foot in front, pokes it home. Um, brilliant goal. And, and, and again, like I was saying about the goal in the first half that might have made a difference, this certainly upped the tempo for us. You know, we were a better side second half. Um, and it, 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 it was great to go 1-0 up. But then, obviously, Huang whatever his name is, comes on in the 60th minute. Um, and I think it was their first real attack of the second half, if you can call it an attack. Oh, it's dead ball, ball. It? it was a dead ball. It was, yeah. And, um, yeah, so it was Neto's free kick, wasn't it? And, yeah, um, yeah I mean, there was... So it, it went in, but I'm, I'm guessing it went to VAR, didn't it? Because they were checking to see if it was handball or the shoulder. Um, and I think it, I think it was the shoulder, um, but I mean it was it was a good finish by Wang. But again, poor defending. Um, I think Lerma was the closest to him, but he wasn't anywhere near him. You know, he was he, he had a free header. Um, okay, so okay, Ferg, Ferg, let me interrupt you. What what can we learn from conceding a goal like that? Do you think? Um. Well, I think when a striker comes on. The, the two centre-backs, I mean, one of them should be marking him. It shouldn't be Lerma. It shouldn't be a midfield player. I know he's good in the air, Lerma, um, but he was he was nowhere near the guy. Um, in fact, Guy Anderson were, were, were nowhere near <laughs> Wang at all. So, I guess when they bring somebody like Wang on the pitch, there's got to be instructions from the touchline to say, this, they've brought this guy in for a reason, Anderson, Guy, one of you, you watch him. You mark him at the corners. You mark him at the free kick. Didn't um, he score? Did didn't he score that. the game before for him? Yeah, yeah he did. He scored yeah. already this did, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so an impact bench. player. So yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so we're one all. Okay, so took the window out of sales a bit, a little bit, didn't it? The, the equalising goal. Yeah, and then um, uh, what have we got? Seventy-one minutes. Mateta comes on for Schlapp. I think. Even Slap would admit it's probably not his greatest game. Um, I was a bit surprised that that we left it that long, really, um, to take him off. Um, but the surprising thing is he, he brought Mateta on to play two up front, um, mm. which was good to see. You know, um, we need to experiment with that that sort of you know four four two. We don't play it very often. So, and and he had an instant impact. Mateta instant impact came on. Um, I mean, just just before we scored the second goal, um, you had Al, was it Al Nuri uh, misjudged the ball and Ayu nipped it off him with his head, yeah. hit a volley, oh, yeah. Yeah. brilliant save by um, Saar down to his left, and then and then literally within a minute we had the free kick outside the box, 
Um, and Eze takes the free kick, bends it around the wall. And again, another great save to his left by Saar. So we were piling on the pressure. Yep. Um, and then 78th minute, um, we get the second goal. And obviously, Mateta's involved in it. Whether he meant it or not, he says it was deliberate. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the... Um, yeah. <laughs> Go on in, sorry. Let me stop you there. Joe, you've got a view on this, haven't you? I, d I do, because sometimes these shoulders and just little flicks, are, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're sometimes conceived as, as not actually being meant. But, but Mateta's turned around and said that, that he, he did literally do that. And it, and it just reminded me, you know, that, that the industrious players, you remember the ball from, um, oh, it was from the, from the defender and, and Murray chested the ball through for Dwight Gale for the for the free free Chris Dan ball. Mm. You know, some so players they do practice these these little bits and pieces, and sometimes you know it's just it, it, if you can't get your head on it, you've got to get something on it. I mean, Wang tried to edit and he didn't. He's edit his shoulder went in. So you know, sometimes it's accidental, sometimes it's deliberate. But if if Mercedes turned around and said that that was deliberate. And that's a brilliant piece of skill just to deflect it into the path of Eze, who totally, you know, gets his pace, that two yeah. yards that he gets when he extends his extends his run, it gets him so he can he can get in front of the defenders and the goalkeeper and so poke it past him in off the post. It was a, it was a I mean, brilliant that, goal. That little yeah. flip just just to get it to set it up and then into he path. the keeper. Just fantastic. Super fast feet. You know, he's you could, you could you could almost put him up front, I think, Ezra, because it's it's just so skillful. And in and around defenders, he'd scare the life out of them. He's so skillful. Yeah. Um, so two one, two one. So game game almost over then, but not quite. Not quite. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, Mark Callan's put it. It was a great ball in by Ward for that mm. for that goal as well. You know, it was um, you know, for first goal Mitchell, um, and then Ward. So um, left back and right back doing what. We've all expected them to do or wanted them to do. Um, yeah, and then the third one. So, Edward, Edward picks it up. He comes quite deep, picks it up, runs towards the goal. Uh, a little dink to the side to Mateta. He's, he looked ungangly the way he did it, didn't he? He sort of like yeah. sort of flicked it straight back into um, Edward's path. He's feigned past one defender, let it roll on a little bit, and then he's cut it back to the left side of the goal. Keepers just stood rooted. Um, yeah. Brilliant third goal. Um, and again, Mateta involved. So, you know, he's come on and within sort of like 10, 15 minutes, he's completely changed the the aspect of the game. Um, yeah. And then typical typical Palace. I mean, do you want to talk about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just, come, yeah, we'll, we'll just interrupt you. In the chat, we've got some people saying he Mateta meant to do it. Others are saying he didn't mean to do it for that second goal. Tim first, then Joe. Yeah, I was good to Ferg describing the goals. And I think that was the biggest difference in the two halves and the biggest frustration in the first half. In the first half, how many times did Mitchell... Um, and Ward get in places where they could have crossed the ball, they could have got the ball in, but they didn't. They played it back, they didn't pass it. Second half, we get the ball in. If that's because we had two up front and it makes a difference, I don't know. But it seems to me that's the way we should go going forward. Yeah, good. Joe? I, I just thought as well that, that Edward's second goal, 
the one-two with Mateta gets the flick. Then he, he takes it in his stride, does the feint, so he beats the defender, and then hits it in the bottom left-hand corner, is exactly, almost exactly, from the same place, exa- exactly the same as Eze's goal against Leeds last year. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd, say, I'd like to see the replay of both of those because it's very, very similar. Yeah, indeed. So, you know, 3-1 looks like the game's over. I think even the commentator said, oh, Palace have won now. Um, but, you know, typical Palace, right at the death. Yeah, Hughesy came on, so it was good to see Hughesy back from his injury um, that he picked up. Yeah, and then Kuna scores with, well, I mean, the six minutes went up. I think it was the 96th minute we were in. Typical Palace. Um, again, across from the left, no one near him. Mark Gee and Anderson. To be honest with you, they both looked exhausted. Yeah. You know, when the, the when the when the goal went in, you could see them. They were mopping their brows and they were just like, oh, you know. I think they were just waiting for that whistle and they've been caught cold. Um, again, guy had a free header. Johnson had no chance in goal. Um, and then you know, the ref plays an extra minute, and. And we're all sort of thinking, can can the unthinkable happen? You know, it's Palace, so it's quite possible. <laughs> but but we managed to hold out for those final 60 seconds. Three points in the bag. Seventh in the table. Europa, Conference League, here we come. <laughs> we're above, dearie me, we're, dearie me. And, yeah. and here we have the stats. Of Wolves had the majority of the possession, of course, uh, 57%. Uh, we have more shots. Clearly more shots on target as well. Um, interestingly, in FPL, and um, people that know me well know I follow this really closely, um, Saar had made seven saves. Uh, it was accredited with seven saves, should I say, and Johnston only two um, in the game. And um, it was dead heat on fouls. So uh, so there we go. Thanks, Nige, very much indeed. Um, the Athletic had a really good report on this. It says the numbers alone tell the story. Palace had doubled the number of final third entries in the second half, 42, than they had managed in the first. They also had doubled the number of big chances too. Ten shots with eight on target compared to six and three respectively in the first period. And more possession in the second half than in the first. So thanks, Ferg, for that summary. Uh, Gel and then Tim. Seven from 12 points. Two wins, a draw and a loss for the first four games. Happy Tell days. me, yeah. and no no lying about it, Tell me you wouldn't have been happy with that. I'm joyous yeah. about that. Seven points, that's a fantastic. You know, after the nightmare start that we had, I'm trying to think who's, someone's had a very, very similar start to, the, to their season. Bit, bit much like what we had, where we just played like the top eight or seven teams. Uh, for the first seven games and got humped. I think that's happening to someone else at the moment. I can't remember, like Forrest or whoever. But uh, well, no, not Forrest because because they beat Chelsea. But um, but anyway, I, I'm I'm very very happy with uh, and and again, um, I haven't because I've been too busy today. I haven't looked at the table or anything. I didn't watch anything after yesterday, so I didn't didn't know we were seventh. So I'll take yeah. that after four games. Christ. Absolutely. You know what, yeah, we, we were unlucky against Arsenal. You know, we were robbed on that game. You know, that wasn't a penalty. Ours should have been a penalty. You could argue we should have eight points or, or, or more. So, yeah, cracking start. You you could argue that. And, um, you know, there's some real positives to come out of this. Um, 
Interesting stat for you. Uh, Crystal Palace have won four consecutive Premier League home games against a single opponent for the very first time in the competition. Uh, 1-0, 2-0, 2-1 and 3-2 yesterday against Wolves. Wolves hate coming to Selhurst Park. Did you know that? Bet you didn't. There we are. All the useful stats on this show. Um, useless information. Uh, Tim, final word on the game from you, sir. The only thing I was going to say, really, is I watched the highlights again today on Palace TV. And I think it was our first, I think it was the first goal, maybe in the second one. But the camera was right down from where the goal we were defending, looking straight up. And Mark Gay, he was right in the middle. And how he reacted, he's, you can see how much it means to him. And, you know, even when we were defend, did a bit of defending, how, how up for he was. And I've just seen that so many times. You see players not really give a damn who they play for. They just want to get paid. But it's so refreshing to see that we've got players. And it actually means a lot to them. Eze, when he's, you know, his goal, you saw he was right in front of us. And you saw how much it meant. It wasn't just the fact he scored. It meant something to him. He's a winner. He's a winner, already. Yeah, you're right. The, the gay celebration caught on, on video, I think, from the Access All Areas video, I think probably you'll see it. Where, you know, he's from behind the goal, the other goal, and he's yeah. really celebrating, so it's fantastic. Um, interestingly, guys, since Roy Hodgson took over, um, we've scored 27 goals in the Premier League, uh, conceded 17, so that's a plus 10 goal difference, eight wins, four draws, just three losses. Get this. Only Manchester City and Liverpool have lost fewer games among all Premier League sides in that period. So, and if also, the, if the season has started when Roy took over, then we would be third in the league, probably. Interesting stuff. Eh? So, you know, maybe it's, it's the right thing. You know, we say, who wanted the job? No one. We appoint the old timer for another year. But clearly, he's doing something right. And um, long may that continue. Well, I, you, you can't really say that because he's not going to be long, is it? You know, because he's 76. But, you know, at the moment, he's doing a cracking job. And somebody said in the chat, he wasn't happy with that, that second goal winning yesterday. He was yeah. really unhappy about it. And his post-match uh, presser talks about the fact that at halftime, they had words. And he said the players were in the right positions, but they weren't doing it. They weren't putting enough in. And in the second mm. half, they did it and they changed it. And uh, it was fairly evident that uh, the result came through in the end, thankfully. Okay, so uh, we've done the game. That's brilliant. Thank you, guys, for that. Um, I just want to talk about, uh, very briefly, Is it's uh, on this show, it's not just about the first team, but we talk about the other um, teams at the club, the other sides at the club. Um, so um, let me give you some of those uh, stats, if I may. So the under-21s in Premier League 2, Division 1, um, uh, they actually lost to Wolves away. Um, on the 1st of September. This is since we last did a show. That was last Friday night. They lost 3-2 away at Wolves. Their next game is a Premier League Cup match uh, away at Middlesbrough. One for you, Nigel, to get along to um, on 15th of September. And then the under-18s in the uh, English under-18 Premier League Cup. Um, they beat Liverpool at the training ground 6-1 on Saturday lunchtime. And I watched some of this. And they were pretty impressive, Palace. Liverpool were pretty dire. Hat-trick for uh, Young Marsh. And next game up for them is a Premier League game away at Leicester City at the Leicester City training ground. And then, of course, the women in the Women's Championship. Um, they've had two league games now um, on Sunday, 3rd of September uh, at St Andrews. They uh, beat Birmingham City women 2-1. 
Um, goals were quite late in the game. Everett and Dennis scored for Palace and um, Birmingham uh, replied in the 93rd minute. And their next game uh, is at home um, for your football fix next weekend because we haven't got a game, obviously. Um, they're at home at the VDS Community Stadium, which is the home of Sutton United versus Durham Women. Um, that's a midday kickoff next Sunday. So if you're in the area, um, get yourself down to the VDS Community Stadium. Jen, I want to ask you a question, mate. Um, who was our um, August Player of the Month? <laughs> oh, I know who it was. Yeah, who was it then? Are you? Are you? Absolutely. What do we think about that? Going back to you, I thought he had. A, I thought he had a good game yesterday, and he did what he needed to do. You said that without moving your lips. That's brilliant. Um, just awesome. Um, I just thought. Interesting, isn't it? Um, the video of him receiving his award, he didn't look too happy. You know, he's oh, thank does you. he ever look happy? You know what? I, you know, when I think I bet when he goes to the cash point, right, and no one's looking, and he taps his number in and he's and he, and he presses balance first, and I bet he has a little smile and then goes back to being stern. But, <laughs> so what you're saying is he's the gel of our team. Then. <laughs> Nah, because nah, 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 nah. as well, soon as Elise comes back, he's at his golden age, which is which I don't know. What's the show? Maybe it's the uh, song the Palace fans sing about are you. Maybe it's true. You know, if you're carrying that sort of weight around, you know. <laughs> there we go. There we down. go. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you I, know, I know. You know, I've I've been quite scathing of him at times, but it, I mean. Apart from when he got booed by the crowd twice yesterday, when he could have gone forward and there were players that wanted to get the ball off him, I thought he had another another solid game. He has definitely um, he, he's sort of stopped running into blind alleys and then losing the ball or being over. You know, when he does things quickly and he's only got the ball for five seconds. Then he's then he then he seems to have upped his game. He's got him crosses in, and the chance yesterday when he you know the the, the volley that the goalkeeper smartly saved down to his left hand side, um, you know that would that would have been that would have been a screamer. But then he does give us one of those every season, doesn't he? So, he but does. uh, yeah, no, I thought he did all right. I, you know, whether he's been the, the player in a month, I, I, I you know. Well, I, the fans seem to think so, Joe. So you know, well, I, I imagine Eze would be pretty pissed off about that because he's you know <laughs> without Eze. He's, you know, it's Eze, whatever he's called these days. Um, Eze, uh, uh, you know, if he weren't for him, we wouldn't be anywhere. So it doesn't really matter. That's so for true. me, no, for I'm me, not, I'm not, I'm not, Joe, I'm not going to I'd be fuming, especially if that comes with a five grand a month fries or something. Christ. <laughs> there we go. Right. Okay. Going to move it on because we're nearly, the hour is nearly up, guys. So um, uh, we've already said it's great going into the international break in seventh place on seven points. And we'd have all taken that. Um, before a ball was kicked, for sure. Um, congratulations to those uh, Palace players called up for international duty. Um, three players, of course, in the full England squad, Eza, Gahey and Johnston. Um, Anderson for Denmark, um, Ayu for Ghana, Kure for Mali, Lerma for Colombia and Chris Richards for the USA. And next up for Palace, we have Villa away um, on Saturday the 16th of September. It's a 3pm kickoff at Villa Park. Um, followed by Fulham at home the weekend after another 3 p.m. kickoff, our first home 3 p.m. of the season before we go to Man United, as we've already said in the League Cup third round on the Tuesday, which is live on Sky, and then Man United away in the league 
Again, another 3 p.m. Three 3 p.m. kickoffs in succession, guys. Uh, drink that in. Um, going into uh, October, um, we play Nottingham Forest at home. That is oh, entirely. On the sky. And then we have Newcastle after the next international break. So let's have your Villa predictions, guys, in the chat. Tell us what you think is going to happen when we next go uh, away in the Premier League. What's the score going to be? Tell us what you think in the chat. And I'll come first of all to Jell. Um, 1 um, 1. 1 1 for you. Okay, interesting. Tim? 2 1 Palace. 2 1 Palace. And Fergus? I'm going to go 2 1 Palace. You always go 2 1 Palace. I'm going to go 1 0 then. Go 1 0. Slightly different. Okay, I need to get rid of Watkins from the fantasy team though, if that's going to happen. So, oh, can uh, I have a, a caveat? If, if Elise is playing, 1 um, 1. Well, you said 1-1 one, one anyway, but, didn't you? No, yeah. Yeah. but I think at least I'm hoping he's going to be back in two weeks, three weeks. I he, he might be on the bench. I don't think we'll start him. I think when he returns, I think he'll uh, be eased in gently. Um, at least I hope that's the case. Um, so to finish the show, guys, tonight, you know what's coming, don't you? A positive view, um, a positive comment. Um, it's going to be really hard for you, Tim. This isn't it? Um, positive comment, but um, we'll, we'll come to you last. Let you have time to think about it, Fergus. First, um, well, again, three England players, three Palace oh. players called up for the England team. I mean, fantastic. Long may it continue, and um, and well deserved as well. Doesn't happen too often, does it? So there we go. Right. Brilliant, Joe. Uh, Mateta and Edward up front, four four two. Thank you very much indeed. Tim, what have you got for us? Uh, no, Phil put on the show. Great. Very positive. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a nice segue into our final uh, word tonight. We'll be back on Sunday, the 17th of September, when maybe uh, normal service will be resumed and hopefully Mr. Fullpot has calmed down a bit. So good night all and thanks so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Good night.